as Canada brings in new restrictions, as Ontario brings in new restrictions and people line up to get themselves some rapid tests, we look south of the border and wonder, well, wait a second, what is what's happening in the United States? It doesn't seem to be quite the same level of concern, even amongst health officials, when it comes to Omicron. Now, that's not something remarkably new. We have watched the differences between our two countries throughout the course of the pandemic. But to get a better sense of what kind of a awareness there is about Omicron and how people are reacting, I'm pleased to welcome to the program Tim Requarth, who is a lecturer in science and writing at NYU and also a contributing writer at Slate. Welcome, Tim. Thanks for having me. I was so interested in that piece that you you've recently written about the divide between urban and rural America, and uh, wouldn't call it COVID denialism, but perhaps um, just sort of thinking COVID is not such a big deal. Is is that the way you see it? Is a divide between urban and rural America? So I think there is a divide between urban and rural America as a whole, but I think flattening it into that narrative fits right into the culture wars. There are many people in rural America that are immunocompromised, that are older, that are concerned, that are wearing masks. And there are many people in urban areas that are not taking it so seriously. Uh, so I think that it's an important thing to keep in mind, but it's not the full picture. You say culture war, uh, as we have a new variant that is incredibly transmissible and we have to bring in perhaps some new restrictions. Is this going to deepen that culture war? You know, COVID has become so politicized that I think, you know, anything is going to deepen the culture war at this point. Right. There's, there's just no, no way around it. Give me a sense of what your assessment of the concern or even awareness of Omicron is in the United States. And keeping in mind, of course, that it is, it is not a monolith. Of course. So, you know, I can say anecdotally that there's definitely growing concern in my social circles. Uh, but I think it's better to look at the polls and there have been some polls uh, done recently. Uh, so you do see that a majority, you know, anywhere from above 50% up to maybe 70% are concerned about Omicron. That said, in those same polls, about 10% of people had never heard of it. Uh, and despite what you might hear on the news, most Americans do support some mitigation measures in response to this threat. You know, it's something like 70% support mask and vaccine mandates uh, and support increased testing. What people don't support are more lockdowns. Right. And, and we have sort of similar feelings here in Ontario and in Canada. We have recent polling suggesting that Canadians by and large are meh about Omicron and, and the worry. Uh, and our premier of this province has said that he doesn't believe that lockdowns are the, are the way out of it. The way out of it are vaccinations and getting booster shots. Is, is there any evidence that the threat of Omicron is spurring more Americans to get vaccinated? You know, I think there has been some of this in polls and there's been, you know, an increase in people getting booster shots in October and November. But I'm not sure how that has been has changed very recently. Uh, the administration has not pushed booster shots maybe as clearly and as heavily as they could uh, for the adults that are willing to get them. And I think that's unfortunate because the emerging data is showing that booster shots are probably going to help with symptomatic infections, which will likely help with spread. Uh, but whether, you know, people getting booster shots right now is going to help with 
spread over the coming holiday travel is, you know, not clear. What would you like to see from federal officials in terms of communication in the United States that you're not seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think that the public health authorities have had a lot of communication missteps over this pandemic, but a lot of them just boil down to very, very simple rules that, you know, people can understand, not flowcharts where you decide which, you know, if there's greater than or equal to five people at a gathering and three of them have had a booster and two don't, like, here's what you should do. And, you know, here's how many feet you should stand away from each other. There are these, these very baroque and convoluted guidelines. Just say, everybody go get your booster right now. You're all eligible. Everybody has to wear a mask inside right now. Don't divide it up by if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. So I think just some clear, simple rules would have made this a lot easier for everybody. I, I had a, um, a doctor on my radio program yesterday that put it in this sense. It is, it is as transmissible as chicken pox. And that, that, meant, that came home to me in a way that I think a lot of the modeling and all the graphs and charts have not. I mean, do we need that kind of plain spoken language? Yeah, I think that comparing, whether it's risks or things like transmissibility, comparing it to uh, things that people have already internalized, you know, risks and concepts they've already internalized is going to be very, very, very helpful. If you say one out of a thousand, that doesn't mean as, as much to people. And if you compare it to some risk they have, like, you know, crossing the street or getting in a car. I'm speaking with uh, Tim Reckworth, who's a lecturer in science and writing at NYU and also a contributing writer uh, at Slate. Are you, are you dismayed by this red state, blue state divide when it comes to vaccines or even, any, even something as relatively simple as wearing a mask? Yeah, I mean, I am dismayed. You know, I, uh, before becoming a journalist, I was a, a scientist. And in some ways, we, I'm interested in, you know, the world as it is, right? Figuring out what the truth is, figuring out what is actually happening. And the most destabilizing thing during this pandemic is people are living, everybody's living with their own truth, with their own set of facts. Uh, and it's really hard to get buy-in or have nuanced conversations about the kinds of mitigations, the trade-offs of certain mitigations that we should be taking when people are just coming at this from totally different realities. What about you? Are you reconsidering plans, travel plans, Christmas plans? Yeah, I mean, look, socializing with family, seeing family is, is really important. You know, it's life is not just about COVID. So at this stage, it's not the same as a year ago. We do have more tools. We do have vaccines. We do, to some extent, have rapid tests if you can find and afford them here. Uh, we do have high quality masks, again, if you can find and afford them. Given that I am in a relatively privileged position and can, you know, I try to travel responsibly. You know, I'm going to test before and after, you know, we go. We're going to wear high quality masks when we travel. If we are sick, we're going to isolate and, and cancel plans. Uh, we've made sure people have gotten their boosters. So we're going to do what we can to minimize our effect on the community should we get, get COVID. Uh, but I, I can't say that everybody's going to be doing that. Yeah, I think it's um, we're, we're in for a couple of months of people kind of squabbling at each other and wondering, have you got your shot? What are you doing? Tim, I appreciate your time today. Please be well. Same to you. Thanks for having me.
Uh, that is Tim Reckarth, who is a lecturer in science and writing at NYU and also a contributing writer at Slate. You can read his most recent article, What the Atlantic's COVID Denial Piece Gets Right About Rural America and Vaccines. It is online now. 